today on The Breakdown. It's the final table of the 2018 big one-for-one drop. That's a $1 million buy-in big one-for-one drop. And we are two off the money. And two of the best players in the world, Dan Smith and Byron Caverman, are going to face off in a big and interesting pot. We're going to break it down right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Captain Caverman. There That's the majority of why we chose this hand. Yeah, I just we just want to say that a lot. So we're going. You to. can you can say it now because I'm gonna no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it later. Okay. I'm, I'm he is it. kind of a superhero of going super fucking slow. He's really <laughs> good at that. Who's who's the slowest player in the world? He's in the conversation, right? I, well, yeah, of course he is. But who's the, is is Doc Sand slower? I'm gonna say yes. Is is Yevgeny Timoshenko slower? Maybe that's close. Yeah. Those guys are all like, what? Evgeny and Evgeny doesn't even move. He just yeah. sits there in the same position for like two minutes straight. Doc moves in like super slow motion, and Caverman like moves his head back and forth, and it's like he's thinking for a really long time. Every I, think, decision. I think the Doc Sands slowness is the most interesting because it's not just the amount of time it takes. He actually, like you said, moves in slow motion. Like when he reaches yeah. for chips. It's like he's a broken robot who's going super slow, like not op- operating at full capacity. It'd be really frustrating to be at the same table with him when he like grabs, you know, what, 135,000 chips to bet. And like you see he's doing it. Everyone knows he's doing it. And it still takes another 25 seconds to actually get the chip before the bet is official. It's like, come on, man. Just like put the chips and let's go. I, I suppose know. that's just like the ultimate version of trying to have zero tells. Yes. Like, but I feel like it's um, over. Like he he was an online player, so he's like really being careful and stuff like that, which is great. But like it probably doesn't need to be to that degree either. Like we see really really good players who, as far as we know, don't have any tells, don't seem to be getting picked off by anyone who bet much 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 faster. So like you can be uniform and not have to be like in weirdly slow motion. I think like well, shouldn't be that hard. That's the only way that Doc feels comfortable doing I it. Mean, I guess he's very successful. And as of now, I mean, I guess as there starts to be a poker shot clock, which is going to happen more and more, I got it. Yeah, think, I, thankfully. Um, it's going to be like he's going to have to figure out new ways to do this, which is going to be great for everybody. And uh, Captain Caverman is operating with a poker shot clock in this hand, but it still manages to take a full like 10 minutes of TV time because <laughs> he uses all of his time banks probably or something. I don't know. It's just I mean, yeah, he he likes to take his time with his decisions for sure. Now, before we get into the hand, uh these two guys are two of the most successful players of all time. Where do you think they stand on the all-time poker tournament earnings list? Well, we recently talked about the top ten, and I know Dan Smith is in the top ten. Ah, you remember that. Yes, yeah. good. He's like sixth. He's eighth. Eighth. Caverman, I'm going to guess, is somewhere around like 22. He is not. 22, just to give you guys a sense of it all, is Nikita Bojikowski. No. Oh, I guess it is. It's spelled not the way I expected, but it's got to be Badzikowski, I yeah. guess. Um, with 18.5 million. It's Nikki, isn't it? Mikita M. I thought that's. I think it's got to be him though. Who else? Yeah, it has to be him. I didn't know it was spelled like this at all. Um, anyway, yeah, he's picked up twelve million this year in the last six months. It's definitely Mikita Badzikowski or Nikita. So twenty twenty second is eighteen and a half million. Um, Caverman is about four million behind that, and he's thirty fifth actually. Okay, he's behind Dominic Nitschke, which I got to tell you a little surprise. That is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah. and Rainier Kempe. Well, Kempe won the uh, yes. Super High Roller Bowl, which adds a lot in one tournament. That was like $8 million or yeah. something, right? Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Kempe's got uh, $16.5 total. 
Um, but yeah, Michael Mizraki ahead of both those guys and ahead of Martin Jacobson, even. Nice job, Grinder. Grinder, I guess, has played he's, every tournament. He's won ever. the Poker Players Championship three times, right? I know. Martin Jacobson won, won the main event. Yeah, that's true. But also, Grinder, one of the reasons, I mean, he literally plays every possible tournament. Yeah. So he's going to have more earnings than a lot of people. Kerry Cott's ahead of all these guys. But anyway. Yeah, well, Kerry Katz. Yes. Kerry Katz looks like an angry dad. He always looks so angry. He's got such like a vibe to him that feels like aggressive. Do you think it's just like guilt for making all his money off of the backs of like poor, I don't think he's poor a, a person who has any guilt about his terrible profession. Why do you think he's angry then? Because he's just an angry bad person. That's my thought. Well, no, if you're angry, you're angry for a reason though, and it's usually Oh, I mean, sometimes it's just genetic. You know, just like no. genetically angry. No, no, impossible. No, there's more to it than that. There's not like any any sort of chemical reaction that could be happening in his brain that makes him angrier. Come on. Anytime. Anytime you guys watch Kerry Katz, watch for the angry face. He's got the angry he face. He actually, you know, you're saying angry dad. I think he looks more like an angry kid than an angry dad. I get what you're saying, too. Yeah. To me, he could be like like a four-year-old who's like... Who's sort of just I can, can kind of see that, but when I see him, I'm getting the vibe of like, if I was 12 going to my friend's house and that was his dad, I'd <laughs> be like walking on eggshells not to piss him off. Yeah. We've all been there when we were little kids, right? Yeah, the one angry dad My friend. cousin's dad was like that. We just had to be super careful. And it didn't really work. And he ends up yelling at you no matter what you do. Damn it, Carrie Katz. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this hand. Uh, so now, now we're definitely not going to get hired by Poker Central. So this hand um, is featuring people who don't seem very angry, actually. Captain Caverman, Dan Smith seem like pretty happy guys. Absolutely. I don't know about happy for I Dan I mean, Caverman, I'm just going to go with neutral. Yeah. Like, like Caverman know, is a robot. Data on, yeah, data on Star Trek, right? Yeah. Um, but, but Dan Smith seems happy. Yeah, he, he jokes around a little bit. He's got his sardonic wit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's got a cowboy hat on for this he, tournament. That's his thing now. Yeah, he wears he's a like, cowboy. It's so weird. I think he's trying to be the new Doyle. I think and so. Kind of. He's kind of pulling it but off. He's just like barely. He's like from not the South, though, right? Mm. Definitely not the South. He has no Southern to his accent. Yeah, whatever his accent is. I'm gonna guess California, but I don't really know. California, New York, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, these guys are both really good. They and are. They're really good. Dan Smith had a, a great year, which vaulted him into the top eight. But as you were saying, um, this tournament was a big one for him because going into this tournament, he had been having a terrible summer, right? Um, yeah. Well, he, you know, he bought into like the super high roller bowl and you know, he, yeah. he plays all the hundred Ks, anything that's available that summer he played. And I think he only had two significant caches and this, he ends up finishing, um, I think it was third in this for $6 million when all is said and done. And so he, uh, without this, he was absolutely sunk. No, it was $4 million, actually. But even $4 million, with a million dollar buy, and that $3 million took him from uh, loss to profit, which isn't shocking, $3 I million guess. will usually do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but, like, if you subtract the one drop entirely, I think he was down for the trip. Like, this is just, like, it's really hard to play all these big events, even if you're very, very good and make it. You well, know, I think just, that's just tournament poker in general, no yeah. matter how good you are, like... By my estimation, uh, like I had a losing month long trip to Vegas yeah. this this past year where I lost 10k, break even till the main event, lost 10k because I didn't cash in the main event. Um, by my estimation, a player like me who is uh, definitely a favorite in the fields that I'm playing in, sure. but not the best player in the world or anything, I would say that my median outcome is negative and my mean outcome is positive. Yeah, sure. Right. So I it's think all that's, about like, that's the, how term of poker is. Yeah. So it's yeah, just like the one big score thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I yeah. agree. Like 70% of the time we do that trip, we lose money, right? I mean, so I like made a tiny bit of money and I only had two caches the entire trip, even though I played yeah. almost every day. And, um, and one of them is the, so I won that Aria tournament where we chopped five yeah. ways, whatever. 
And uh, but like there were spots along the way where like I if just a card comes differently at a certain spot, I might be out or right. don't or like get crippled enough that I don't get to you know, get, make it to the five way chop. And I make like three grand. I still make the final table, but I make three grand or something like right. that. Or I just missed the final table and I make $900 instead of $12,000. And then I lose, then I have a, then I lose 10 K on the trip also. Like it can be so, so like these oh, yeah. just moments that these massive inflection points. You know? Absolutely. And there's, they, they go both ways. Obviously of course. sometimes it works out. It's easier to remember the ones that don't work out. Like I, basically min cash three tournaments in the three K big blind Annie, a sequence of very unlucky events could have kept me from a six figure score there. You know, right. like this field was getting pretty small. Absolutely. You know, that's Absolutely. just how, that's just how it works. And that's what was happening to Dan Smith. Yeah, that's right. So he's really hoping to make that money. Cause there's five that get paid and there are seven left here and he's got 30 blinds. He's in, he's definitely not like going to coast to the money here with 30 blinds. No. And not in this field. Yeah. And by the way, this was suggested by Derek Wright who signed his tweet. Derek Wright from South Africa. Very cute. I mean, he didn't, that's not how it would sound, though, if he said it right. Uh, okay, go ahead. Derek Wright from South Africa. You didn't do the Derek Wright part. Derek Wright from South Africa. <laughs> I'm sure Derek appreciates that. <laughs> hey, Derek. What do you do for a living? What's like a South African... Do you African... work in marketing? <laughs> Sorry, yes. You always say that the marketing... Thing. I know how to say that in South African, so I do. <laughs> uh, you think you know. Yeah. Derek Wright might beg to differ. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. What's like a South African food? I don't Ooh. know anything about their food um, culture. We, we eat lion. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they do. <laughs> that's probably... Africa, man. TIA, I'm, man. I'm going to guess that's illegal. Um, um, I don't know. We'd have to watch Blood Diamond to maybe see and pay attention to what they're eating. And uh, also, like, the laws that they tell us about during Blood Diamond. All the laws? Yeah. I mean, the like, South African laws. South African laws, yeah. Yeah. Leo, there's that 10-minute section in the middle of the movie where Leo just reads a couple laws. You know, it's sort of like if you. Yeah, all right, let's. I'm, okay, yeah. we're gonna get yeah, to the yeah. hand now. All right, this is the time <laughs> when we're gonna. Get I saw to us the going completely off the rails there and stop. We could really keep going for two or three hours. You know, you know, yeah. Sometimes we sort of do that in our other podcast, Lighting Money on Fire, which just comes out every Tuesday uh, evening, which is our sports betting and just general sports podcast. A whole lot of fun, and if you like it when we go off the rails, you're gonna love that show because yeah. there's a lot of uh, fucking around. Um, we, we think you like it when we go off the rails because our subscribership yeah. not, and our listenership of the podcast has increased significantly over the past year. Yeah, it has. And we've been fucking around more. <laughs> so we have. Maybe it would have gone up more if we weren't fucking around, but this is what we do. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the hand, though. Anyway, even though we love fucking around, we and also are here to talk poker. Apparently. Okay. Seven left. The big blind is 500,000. Dan Smith has 15.3 million on the button, and it's folded to him. He's got ace jack offsuit, ace of spades, jack of hearts. He min raises to one million. I imagine mm-hmm. earlier in the tournament when stacks are deeper, he's raising bigger. But right. whatever, this is an, an effective raise at this point in Dan Smith's mind. Um, feels a little like 2015y. It does to me. Even the, even like yeah. Caverman's in the big blind, right? Yeah, and he's just going to call with a huge range of hands when you min raise. Like I know we have an advantage. We're in position. We're we're going to have a range advantage if he's calling with such such a wide range, but. Like, we're really happy just picking up the blinds and A's. I don't know why. We, I mean, Dan Smith is better than I am, and he's better than you are. So I'm sure it's fine. But, like, my instinct would make it, like, at least 1.2x or 2.2x instead of 2x. You know? Yeah. Just make it a little less inviting to call, you know? Well, it's not going to matter because Captain Caverman's got a hand he wouldn't fold for any amount in the big blind here unless yeah. Smith shoved, probably. Then he would probably fold. He'd at least tank for yeah. as long as possible first. Um, and my thing autocorrected Caverman to Caveman, except to put a hyphen between Cave and Man. Good for good for your thing. I don't know why I would autocorrect with a hyphen. 
Dude, I was trying to write the word Fultz, as in for Markel Fultz, who's on the 76ers, because actually writing up like possible things we can talk about for tomorrow's yeah. uh, Lighting Money on Fire. And four times in a row, my Apple, my MacBook or whatever, not my, my iMac, I guess, changed Fultz to some very different word, the same word every time. Felt. Changed it to felt four times in a row. Well, you know the, the trouble of writing down Tom Dwan, of course. It's I always- do, but... But usually I write, I'd write Tom Dwan, it changes it to Dean. I go back, I change it to Dwan, and then it leaves it. Four times in a row, it turned Fultz into Felt, and I had to go back, and I was like, this is crazy. Like, what's happening? Also, Fultz is more famous than Dwan, so that's weird that it wouldn't know it better. Also, does it think, I, I mean, obviously it's not paying attention to this, but does it think I'm going to keep mistyping Felt this way four times in a row? Like, get it together, AI. You're smarter than me. I, I wouldn't talk shit to AI right I now. I just did. Wow. And Living on the edge. Nothing happened. Not yet. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> That's my heating system destroying oh. Jonathan's insides. Okay, so... Nanobots, man. Um, so Captain Caveman, or Caverman, has 50 big blinds, 25 million. Oh, yeah. And ace 10 off, ace of diamonds, 10 of spades. He could raise to get it in, but it's kind of an awkward stack size for that. I mean, the, actual, the problem is we can raise, but when we actually get it in, it's not good. It is not good. It's I mean, too much. There to are some times when Smith might just go with, like, King Jack, King Queen type hands. I mean, we'd have to believe that Smith does has a lot of light four bets in him, yeah. right? So we could three bet uh, Smith. We could three bet to like six and a half lines and hope Smith shoves and call right away and think like he's going to do this with like a lot of worse aces and stuff like that. But we have to be right. Yeah, positionally, positionally it makes sense, but tournament yeah. stage wise, it wouldn't make sense. We're so close to the money and all that. Yeah. He probably just going to not get involved a lot when this. I mean, it's it's okay to three bet sometimes this hand in this spot for sure, especially as we're two away, two off the bubble. Yeah, like Dan's going to call with even less of a range. Like if That's he has true. King Jack off, it's kind of a terrible spot to do anything with. Like you sort of hate all your options with yeah. thirty blinds and two off the two off the two million dollar bubble. That's a big bubble. I mean, what are you supposed to do with King Jack off here if you're Dan Smith and he makes it six and a half blinds? Are we going to call? We I could. Don't, I, think, I don't. I don't I think, think. I think Smith would end up calling actually. It's like, could we just sort of think about our whole range here and we're like, this is way too good to fold, but getting, but if I four bet and he doesn't fold, I'm in huge trouble. Yeah. I'm in position. I'm going to call and hope it all works out. Yeah. I guess you're right. We call, but we hate every moment of it unless we flop two pair plus, right? Yeah. We flop a king and he bets and we call and he bets again and we're yeah. like, oh, like, but we're sort of committed to the pot yeah. at that point. So I guess it doesn't matter. Anyway, none of that happens. Yeah. Kaverman just calls with the ace-10 off, which okay. is, I think, the standard play. So he's in trouble because it's ace-jack against ace-10. I mean, things have to come to make it trouble. He could just... He's probably going to check call most flops, but... I mean, I don't know about most. I mean, we'll see. Like, there's a lot of flops here. Yeah. All right. So the pot is 2.7 million. Yeah. The flop is jack of spades, nine of spades, five of diamonds. Mm-hmm. Dan Smith does have the ace of spades, and of course, he has top-top with ace-jack now. very nice flop for Dan Smith. Yeah. Uh, Kaverman has the 10 of spades, which is kind of a key card, I guess, like as far as combo draw blocking type stuff, but okay. it's not a huge deal. Cool. All right. Something. Well, why, why are you doing condescending voice? I mean, just because like, it's not that key a card. I mean, it, it is down the road potentially, but the seven of spades, of course, is always the key card. Yeah. But it, that's a, that's a YouTube joke, guys. If you're, if you're not reading all our YouTube comments, you won't get that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys aren't perusing the <laughs> poker guys channel, YouTube comments every Sunday evening. Yeah. Somebody, somebody used to write that every, for every video for some reason. Um, yeah. I mean, a tennis page is, is a key card if other cards come out and we are still in the hand later, but it's not really a key card right now. Is no, it? it's not. Okay. Uh, the seven of spades is kind of like the most likely key card in most hands. You know what I mean? So it's got kind of like a nice, funny now, right? 
nice roundness to it. Yeah. Okay. It's most likely to... I just feel like we're confusing people now. Being the, the key card. <laughs> All right. So no key cards yet. <laughs> okay. Jack of spades, nine of spades, five of diamonds, top, top against just ace high. Yeah. Government checks. Smith sizes it up a bit compared to his preflop raise and like the sizing you would think would follow. He goes 1.5 million into 2.7 million. Oh, yeah, he does size it up a little bit. That's interesting. I guess it is a draw. It's a wet, heavy. It's a wet board. It's a wet board. There, Ace-Jack is a vulnerable top-top versus Kaverman's uh, calling range because his calling range includes plenty of kings and queens. You want to get maybe less floats out of hands like that? I mean, he's not going to float if he just has like a naked king or a naked queen, right, out of position. I mean, maybe you, you're probably not going to fold out king-10 with this bet anyway. On this not board. for one bet. Yeah. No way. No way. So, and, I mean, and anything better, like king-queen is never going anywhere. Just charging things yeah he's just charging things yeah, he's just like i have a good hand and it's sort of a wet board and i would bet more on a wet board and whatever it's fine yeah so caverman does something slightly interesting i don't i don't think this is one of the flops i was thinking about when i said he's going to check call a lot of flops but he does he calls which it seems like not a great flop i mean this has got to be just uh we think dan is super wide and c betting like so 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 much for us to be able to call here right profitably i mean for us to be able to call here profitably we're gonna have to call down with ace high some of the time right yeah if the if like the nine pairs or something yeah. we're just gonna have to call again a lot and we, we don't might know, actually lead if the nine and we have no idea what we're trying to avoid because smith has all open enders gut shots and flush draws available to him yep you know if if we're ahead yep so we don't we have no idea what we're looking i think i would just fold I would probably just fold too. It is rel- It still is only three blinds, but we could call once and see what happens on the turn. That's okay. But if we had the if we had the ace of spades, if we had ace hand with the ace of spades, I'd feel much better about. Oh calling. yeah, because we could make a move on spades way more comfortably. Yeah, and we also case. have actual yeah. equity as well. So we block we block more good stuff. We have more equity when we get you know get there. Quote when we when we pick up draws on the turn, like a spade on the turn right now isn't that great. It may be, it may make us a winner if we go spade spade, but often won't. Is it possible that Kaverman thought he had ace of spades, ten of diamonds, and he didn't look back at his hand after looking at it once? I don't believe that. It's possible, right? I mean, he's been playing all summer and long hours in this tournament. I mean, he's one of the best players in the world. He doesn't know which ace he has. Yeah, and he's, if he's not sure, he could always look. Yeah, right? that's like true. if he has any question at all, he could look. There's it just no seems, way. It just seems like such, such a more reasonable call with the ace of spades. I agree. I don't really get this call, except except. Dan's opening a crazy amount on the button, especially when we're two off the bubble, or sorry, two off the money, one off the bubble, and uh, and then C betting like a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, but then we have to call down with Ace High on scary on scary boards. We too. don't have to call down. We can show Dan that we're not folding right away, and then Dan, who's relatively short, will now have put in you know whatever four four or five blinds, I guess five blinds at this point, may decide not to put more of a stack in where he's only got 25 left. I don't know. If Dan Smith has five high, I think he's going to take another shot in the hand probably. He might. It depends also on sort of the other, the situation in terms of the other stacks at the table, right? If we're, if, since we're two off the money, if there's like two other short stacks, he may not. If he's going to be the short stack, he may feel obligated to go for it. Yeah. So all that stuff plays into it too. I don't know. Feels... I'm still surprised that he calls here. Yeah, I mean... He has so many hands that are better to call with in this hand in his range. He like Kaverman himself has all of the gut. Like there's tons of gut shots on this board. Five yeah. nine Jack that he could call with all of them or check raise with some of them and stuff, you know? Yeah. Like all the spades, all the nines, fives, jacks. There's a lot, but he chooses ace 10 with the eight, 10 of spades. I mean, I guess he thinks maybe because the min raise happened pre, he just thinks like, Oh, I'm calling almost a hundred percent because it's a min raise. And now, Ace ten is still going to be even with all the check, all the other stuff. It's still like in the top group, you know, the top whatever percentage of hands of my distribution. So I just have to call. Yeah, but this is not a cash game. Like you need to 
use less of that percentage in a situation where the opponent has 30 blinds to off the bubble. I don't disagree, but he may feel like, but it is Dan Smith and it is like elite play. And so then you have to go back more towards that again of like being more GTO, I guess. Um, But I agree with you. Like I would just, I would personally just preserve the chips and like, whatever I missed. It was cheap. It cost me one blind to see the flop. What a deal. You know, I'd rather make a move or fold than call here. Yeah. Making a move doesn't really seem to make much sense either though. Nope. I agree. Maybe with the tennis spades, we feel like there are certain cards that can come where we can make a move on the turn. Yeah. Like we could, maybe we feel like we can rep, you know, um, either flushes or straights on the turn. Since right. We have so the tennis spades. exactly. Cause the tennis spades is the key card. Yeah. I'm just trying to think so that, so we're going to check call out of position and if a spade comes, we're going to lead. And if, uh, if we had queen 10 and a straightening card to that comes, we can lead as well. I guess. So maybe. we're going to lead on a king. That doesn't sound good. No, it sounds real bad. Dan's not going to fold if a king comes, if he has anything. Yeah. He's not going to fold top pair, that's for sure. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this is a weird call. It's a it's weird a call. It's a little weird. Um, and if you want to make some weird calls, I have the place to do it. The phone bank in Burbank, Ohio. Right, which is the best place to get on your phone and play a Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. That's correct. Yeah. And you can make some cool calls. Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. In, in Ohio. Choo-choo! <laughs> also in other places, if you use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen Sports, you get access to exclusive Poker Guys events, which are very awesome. Quite a miz. Yeah, and that, those are all poker-related events. It's our monthly tournament right now, which we've talked about many times, but Nitrogen Sports is also a great place to sports bet. Sports bet in Bitcoin. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, you can bet on the NBA now. The NBA is happening. We're excited about that in we our are. lives. You can you can also do casino games like blackjack and stuff like that. All all sorts of fun to be had on Nitrogen Sports, which is the best element before sports for a name for a, a place. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like Oxygen like, Sports is come like on. No. actually not horrible. Oxygen Sports isn't. So I mean, Oxygen has like been branded at least yeah. in America as kind of like a feminine thing. Yeah. Oh, so women can't be into now. Women can't be into sports. Well, I think I think generally sports books have more of a masculine tint to them. Well, they do, but wouldn't that be great to like maybe appeal to the fifty other fifty one percent of the freaking world? Maybe. Oh, damn, we should open a sports book called Oxygen you know Sports. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm Nitrogen. Kind of loving that idea. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. We're uh, taking that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. I hope they don't listen and do this. They, well, we know they listen, but... Hopefully they don't steal our idea. Maybe... The, yeah, that's that's more the fear I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oxygen Sports. A Nitrogen Sports Network. Helium Sports coming in... Helium 20, isn't bad either. 2024. Helium's not bad. What's a bad one? Like Carbon Sports? Well, eh. Carbon Poker exists. Or existed. It existed, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it exists anymore. See, I don't know. There, maybe elements are pretty good <laughs> for this. Yeah. What are some other elements? Go. Uh, um, niamin, niacin, potassium, potassium. That's a bad one. Yeah. Potassium sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the potassium sports poker train. No, I don't like that at no. all. Nitrogen sports poker train though, is the one you should get on. Yeah. Use a link in the description. All aboard. <laughs> Whoa. That was, I didn't know you were capable of making that noise. That was a weird noise. It's recorded for all history. Now do it again. See if you can do it. Again. All aboard. <laughs> I think you lost it a little bit. I but did it, that pretty well, though. Yeah, it was pretty Almost good. like the first 95% of that it was totally perfect, yeah. and I lost the last 5%. Yeah, it's like Dan Shack voice. You lose it over time. Yeah. It's hard to keep it up. Anyway, anyway. Um, use the link in the description so you can be, have access to our cool tournaments. On Nitrogen Sports, also play poker, sports bet. There's casino. It's fantastic. Super fast transactions. 
Do the thing. Do the thing. All right. So we got 5.75 million in the pot. Dan Smith has ace jack with the ace of spades on a jack nine five board. He is the C better. Captain Caverman has called with ace 10 with the 10 of spades. Uh, 5.75 million in the pot. And Smith started the hand with 15 million. So it's getting real. Yep. But, you know, we kind of love it as long as, I mean, there's a lot of bad cards from our point of view as Dan Smith. I mean, a yeah. spade is not the end of the world because we have the ace of spades. We just go with it on spades. I or guess. We can we check do, back too. I we guess. don't love it. Yeah. Yeah. We might check back just to not get in a horrible spot. Right. Um, right. Where we don't have enough equity to call a check shove. Against. Yeah. But we may feel it. But so, but we may feel we have to call anyway because we have the ace of spades in yeah. our hand. And then we just, ugh. and so we can bluff catch on the river and, or bet ourselves and stuff. We'll probably check back most spades. Um, but, but yeah, but I think on bricks, we're just going to have to be really excited to put a lot more chips in this Dan Smith. Well, it's not a brick. Okay. It is the ace of clubs. That is so not a brick. That is a dream card. So, so we're living in the scenario in which Caverman's call can really bite him in the ass now yeah. on the flop where he's now made a hand that is a lot better than his hand rates to be having check called the flop. He's supposed That's to have right. a lot of one pair hands here and draws. And I guess he could have ace nine. Or hand like that, but he, most, ace nine, he can probably have ace jack. Yeah, but most of the time he has a one pair hand that hasn't improved, so it's usually a jack. He could have the nut flush draw or a five. Uh, yeah, he could have the nut flush draw. That's true as but, well. Although he's probably going to raise that on the flop a lot. Maybe, but not always. Not always. Definitely not always. Um, the, 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 those are the kind of the only aces he can have. He can have aces up and he can have the nut flush draw. You would think, except for he I has, guess he can have ace queen sometimes. Maybe and ace king would be playing them slow pre flop. Maybe. I feel like he's going to try to look against Smith's 30 blind button opening yeah. range to, to just get it in I there. I think you're right. I think yeah. espe- especially ace-king, but ace-queen, too. He's just going to yeah. re-raise almost always. I agree with you. All right. So how much is Captain Caverman going to lose on this one? Because he's already drawing dead. Ugh. That's tough. Well, it uh, depends what kind of river is going to come, for sure, because there could be rivers that slow down the action or help out in some yeah. way. So Caverman checks... I immediately think no, but I just want to ask the question, is there any argument for leading on this card? Seems like a bad idea. This is the, If Dan was bluffing, he'd probably rep this card. Absolutely he would, yeah. If Dan wasn't bluffing and had like two sixes, you know, and so just betting for, you know, betting the flop because like he often has the best hand, gets called and is shutting down anyway. Um, we're just, he's just going to fold if we bet, I would think. Right, Which but that's eh, the two sixes thing doesn't worry me that much because we're not going to give value yeah. from two sixes anyway. Yeah, you're right. That's not a good example. If he has queen jack, he's probably going to call if we have, if he has queen jack yeah. anyway, though, right? Yeah. So it's it's some other kind of a hand. We could bet to charge draws, but I just want to like, give Dan a chance to rep the ace. Yeah, feels no, like it's I agree. Be the move. And this is a range advantage hand or card for Dan. Yes, because he is the only person who's put in any aggressive action so far. Um, so I mean, from a GTO perspective, at least that element of GTO, it makes sense to check. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting to explore because if Smith actually has a hand of value, he's going to check this back sometimes when it is like a scare card. Although typically, like you said, he would only be worried about the nut flush drop pairing an ace. Mm-hmm. Typically. Um, I mean, I think it's hard. If he if this card is scary to Dan, it's going to be hard to get three streets out of him anyway. He's going to have to really be heroing if we bet turn and river. Yeah. And if not, and it goes check, check, cool, we bet the river and we can get paid, you we, know? Yeah. Also, if we lead, we can put ourselves in a real bad spot if we get raised. We're just yeah. like, well... We're going to have to go with it, I think, yeah, that's which not, sucks. Yeah, it's not good. It's exactly the hand you don't want to get raised and then have to put in another 20, 26 total blinds or 25 blinds right now. We can check calls so comfortably. Well, that's what Caverman decides to do. He's going to check. We're near the top of our range right now, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, we have aces up, as we said, and but like mostly this is... We're near the top. Yeah, we're very near the top. Okay. Caverman checks. How do you want to size this as Smith? 
Good he, question. Yeah, because there's 5.75 in there. We've just made top two. Things that we have to factor in are, of course, we want to get paid the maximum when we almost always have the best hand. It's very hard for us not to have the best hand. Yep. However, Kaverman's range is like a lot of one pair hands. And, you know, the majority of those are a nine or a five versus a jack, you know, two, two thirds of the time. I think he has almost as many of those as Jack's preflop. Okay. So, because it's only one million rays. And those hands might consider folding if we bet too big, especially a five. I mean, a five is really hard to get value out of the rest of this yeah. hand anyway. I don't think we should worry too much about it. I think we have to five. size it in a way that we charge the draws enough at the same point as like ensuring that a jack will call. We don't want to bet too yeah. much to get a jack. to. I mean, I think we have to, to charge the draws enough. We have to bet a little more than half the pot, right? Yeah. Um, so that feels like a jack is going to strongly. I think a jack's going to call if we bet only a little more than half the pot also. So to me, that feels like about right. If there's 5.3, is that what you said? 5.75. 5.75. So something like about 3 million feels like about what we should be betting to try and have all those things happen. We're charging enough. We're trying to draw enough at least. Um, and a jack is probably going to call for 3 million. I don't yeah. think a jack can just fold here. I don't think a jack can fold very so easily. So that's good. So that yeah. seems like the right amount. What do you think? It seems right, and that's what Dan Smith does. He bets $3 million? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now, I wonder, I wonder if it's not big enough when I think about it more, because like, I feel like it's got to be like a really a big, big bet to get a jack to fold. I mean, if he bets $4 million, you think a jack's going to call then, too? I think so. I mean, it's button versus big blind dynamic here. Dan Smith is supposed to rep the ace. I mean, Dan Smith may be worrying about more things than what we're talking about, though, right? He may be worrying about metagame stuff. Yeah, that's true. Like, on the turn in this spot, when an ace comes, he's going to bet a lot of the time. So he doesn't want to bet so much when he's really got it and trying to get called because that's going to stand out. Yeah. These guys are so good, they're going to remember stuff like that. That's true. So maybe he just feels like this is about how much he bets in this spot. When all these consider when the, on this kind of a board, that makes sense to me. So, because he's really going to have a hand this good, right? Even when yeah. he hits the ace, he's like, this is a very special time where we have top two and we're really excited to get value. You know, and we're praying he has ace nine, but like, so we, you know, we'd really love to charge the max here, but mostly we're going to be betting and hoping he folds, you know? So, uh, I don't know. So, I, so I think that that's a reason not to bet a lot more. I think against. Worst players, we could try and bet more, but worst players are less likely to call with a jack. That's true. It depends also. on what kind of what kind of bad they yeah. are. But but a lot of players are going to fold the jack. You're only the elite and the really bad players call with a jack. <laughs> I think. Yeah, the polarized range of players yeah. call with a jack. Um, well, Smith doesn't. Have, I mean, if Smith knew what Kaverman had, he might size it up anyway, even despite all of the metagame factors. Just because, yeah. like, well, I can really get paid now. Yeah, I think he'd have to size it up. Yeah, but three million seems reasonable. Yeah. And uh, Kaverman can do nothing but call, right? Well, you know who he's going to call? Uh, the Ghostbusters. Captain Kaverman! There you go. You got yours in. All aboard! That's a different... You're mixing your metaphors mm-hmm. or your fictional... It's not metaphors. You're mixing your fictional what is, sequences. Mixing your metaphors? Okay, I meant mixing your fictional sequences. Well... Sequences? Yeah, like the nitrogen sports train is a sequence of events. Sequence of events. Yeah, the train has to be built. It has to be put on the track. <laughs> it has okay. to get your face put on it, and then yeah. you got to drive drive the train. If 
if you don't know what we're talking about, you have to start watching Poker Time, or you could just find us on Twitter where we tweeted out this ad that Nitrogen made. And they put they made a Nitrogen Sports Poker Train, and my face is indeed on it. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. All right. So is there anything that Kaverman can do but call? I don't can't imagine why we do anything other than call here. I mean, you can raise to charge draws, but that seems crazy. It seems really bad. Um, what would our plan be if we were to raise and like, okay, he makes it 3 million and he's got how much behind? He started with 15 and 14 then then 12 and a half. So he's got nine Eight. and a half. So we're just moving him in. Yeah. So we can move him in if we wanted and we would fold out all the worst hands and get called by all the better hands. Right. I guess maybe some worse aces might sometimes hero us. Not flush draws, maybe like ace four of spades. Oh, sure. But, yeah. oh, yeah, that's definitely going to hear us. But, I yeah. mean, even just a worse ace anyway may decide to hero us. You yeah. Know? Like, but ace-queen's not folding, right? No. Like, ever. No. So, like, every hand that's better than ours is always calling. an ace-eight is, like, doesn't know what to do and may call and may fold, and it's, but it's really a hero. So this is a game theory disaster to check raise all in, it looks like. I think you're right. However, i just doing a little bit of calculation in my head here. Oh, good. Not actual math calculation. More, oh, never <laughs> more mind. qualitative than quantitative. <laughs> I take it back. Yeah, so not that good as far as using the word calculation. Um, but does Kaverman want to have a check raising range in this scenario? And if so, what should be included in it? Because it's very hard for him to have strong value here. He can have help. aces up himself. He can have ace nine hands like that. Yep. Yeah, he can have all the he can have all the aces up. Ace jack is like he probably has less ace jacks, but he, maybe he can have ace jack. Yeah. He certainly has the other two aces up, which is yeah. was ace nine five. Sorry, yeah. jack nine five. Yeah. So yeah. he can definitely have ace five. He can definitely have ace nine. He has nine combos of jack nine, and he's got probably just the suited nine fives. Okay, so he can have all those two pairs, and maybe he actually just flat calls the flop, and then this is sort of a perfect check raise. It feels like a spot. flop you want to check raise a lot though with with a two pair hand. Um. Maybe, but you but you can't do it with all your two pair, right? Like you got to keep some of your strength in your calling yeah. range too. And this is it's a board where he may decide to often just call, although it is kind of a wet board. So yeah. I'll give you that. Um, I mean, we're going to check raise some draws here for sure. You can probably check draws. raise. I mean, because it's hard to find value, you can probably check raise one hundred percent of your combo draws here, which is a significant amount of hands. King Queen of Spades, King Ten of Spades, yeah, Eight Ten of Spades, Six Seven of Spades, Six Eight of Spades, etc., etc. You're gonna you're gonna have raised some of those on the flop, yeah, for sure, and pro- probably even a majority of those on the flop. So you're gonna have too many left in your calling range, but you're gonna have some. Um, we could decide to check raise less less strong draws too, like normal draws, like flush yeah. it, flush draws and straight draws, because he only has whatever twenty blinds left or something. You know, we could decide to just check raise all in and see if he's see if he wants to call. You know, yeah. He might just decide to fold like a lot of hands. We're too off the money. If he has ace four off suit, he may just fold, you know? Like we were saying, ace eight doesn't know what to do here. Yeah. Um, ace queen's going to probably find a call. He's just going to think it's too strong and you have to call with something, right? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, ace 10, what do we, we want to do? Well, I think we just have to call. If we, if we, yeah, of course. No, I, I mean, I'm saying. Um, if, if we were to check raise all in, is that, that's just not a good play. It's not a good play. Yeah. Cause we said it's game theory. Yeah. I'm just thinking range based, like maybe it needs to be included for balance, but it, but it, but in practice it doesn't yeah, work. It doesn't really way, work right? that well. Like maybe against, um, the computer, that's a good idea, but yeah. not against Dan Smith. Right. Not I against think. a guy who wears a cowboy hat that big. 
Right. I so mean, really maybe, big cowboy hat. Maybe against like Victor Blom, it is a good idea because now Victor yeah. Blom can have a lot of things that may just decide to call you with one pair because he feels like it doesn't your range your line doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless you have ace nine exactly. Yeah. Right. And you're just like, yeah, congratulations, Victor. You have ace four. I win. Yeah. You know. Yeah, Victor Blom's a good candidate for that. Yeah. But he he has yet to wear a cowboy hat that I have seen. That's true. So, but you don't really. And if he has worn a cowboy hat, it's probably not as big as Dan Smith's cowboy hat. Oh, now you're just being. He's got a really big cowboy hat. Yeah, I know it's huge. It's weird. It's it is like you could hide things in that cowboy hat. He like, probably like does significant things. He's probably got something up there. Like like not just lunch for you, lunch well, for yeah. multiple people. He's got he's got like the lobster bisque up there. He needs to start speaking with a little bit of a twang. I think yeah, That'll really help. You know what would be awesome mm. also with the hat is if he had you know secret stuff underneath, but also the brim was full of nacho cheese. <laughs> just for dipping during poker. I mean, the problem with that, of course, is he can't really move his head very much, and it's going to be very heavy. See, yeah. like if, if it's, it's good just, for your neck strength. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, that's important. Underrated type of strength these days. Neck strength. Neck strength. Yeah, yeah, people don't talk about. You that. think Dwayne the Rock Johnson doesn't strengthen his neck? You're crazy. Of course he does. That guy strengthens all the time, all the parts of his body, including his neck. Okay. Anyway, so Caverman calls. Seems yeah. like the only option to us. It does. The pot is eleven point seven five million. So Smith has less than a pot size bet remaining. Like a lot less, right? Like He's got like nine point eight, nine point yeah, okay, eight left. Okay. Um, and the river is the queen of diamonds, which only really affects things if somebody had a combo draw. I think, unless Smith randomly paired a queen, having just been c betting. I mean, Smith can have king ten. He can just have king ten. Period. Smith can have King 10, yes. Cameron uh, can't. Cameron can have King 10 of spades if he decided to never raise it. I think we just can't worry about that. Yeah. Because it's, that's the only King 10 he can have, and it's very unlikely he would have never raised it. And more of his combo draws, uh, actually an equal amount of his combo draws, become a pair of queens as do become straights. Because mm-hmm. 8, 10 of spades also becomes a, a straight. Cameron can have Queen Jack, though. Cameron can have Queen Jack. That would be great. So that's sort of like what we're hoping for as Dan Smith is that he has exactly Queen Jack. Do you think Cameron can have Queen 9 still? Do you think he calls the turn with Queen 9? I think he probably does. I think he's got a call with some 9s, and Queen 9 is one of the best 9s. Yeah. He blocks some stuff that he'd want to block with Queen 9 probably. Ace-Queen specifically? or Ace-Queen, Queen Jack. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he probably has Queen 9. It's close. You can't just go folding because an ace came and Dan Smith bet again, though, you know. So probably queen nine's in there. Yeah. So immediately this card looks a little bit scary, but it actually isn't a huge part of Caverman's range that would improve over ace jack ever. Right. No, I think, no, it's the other way, if anything. It's like you hope Dan doesn't make two pair with this hand in some weird way. Yeah. Turns out he already has two pair, but but really hope he... So Dan Smith should not be afraid of this card. Right. And Caverman... Shouldn't be too afraid, but it could have hurt you. Like, sometimes that's like, ah, that was unlucky. I don't know if Smith makes too much two-pair with this hand as played. Like, maybe if he has ace-queen specifically. Yeah. ace-queen, queen-jack. Oh, no, queen-jack no, may check back. I think, yeah, queen-jack might be, like, he's going to have a check-back range on the yeah. ace, and queen-jack is a really good candidate for that. You're right. So it's probably just ace-queen. Yeah. Which, you know, whatever. So things didn't really change that much. If anything, maybe we're, le- we're glad to see the queen, because now that's less ace-queen combos he can have. That actually yeah. cuts into it. Yeah. So maybe right. that's a good card for us as Caverman, actually. Maybe. Oh, that's cool. I never thought about it that way. Well, Caverman okay. checks. I don't see any other option, really, again. I mean, I guess we, we could, could lead. We could lead the river small. To try to get called by King, Queen of Spades or something. Or a bad ace. Yeah. A bad ace that's going to check back and now is going to pay us off. And also, we get to uh, um, pay less when we're beat. Because, like, ace-king can only call when we bet. You know, like a lot of hands like that. Although, what else can only call? 
Some aces up are probably just going to call when we lead, right? Mm. I don't know. We can't really have a straight almost ever. It's really hard. We never have we never, queens, we never right? check raise. Usually we're going to check raise along the way. Yeah. I hand that would have made a straight at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think I like leading too much. I, I assume Dan Smith still has some bluffs left over here. If Dan Smith checks, we know we win the pot. Cool. Yeah. If Dan Smith bets, it's going to sort of suck, but this way we keep the bluffs alive at least. Yeah. So it seems okay. Yeah. So Kaverman does check, and Smith is going to bet. He's going to go for some value. Yeah. I wonder what the log- – I, w- I want to try to game out the logic here or if it's just kind of cutesy that he bets $8 million of his $9.8 million into the 11.75 pot. Is there anything there that makes sense, or is he just doing that because it's like kind of cool to not go all in or something? I mean, I have incredibly weak theories. Okay, let's hear my, my weak incredibly theory, weak theory number one. The weak theory number one is by preserving even the three blinds that he's preserving – it may make him look slightly weaker. Actually, Phil Helmuth does this for real, right? When Phil Helmuth is yep. nothing, he usually leaves a little bit behind, so that way he's still in the he's still alive. Yep, he loves that doing against, that. Um, yes, Yuha Helpy in a hand that we did like that's right. a he'll, year and a half ago. Or that's something. right. We bet almost all of it. Yeah, as a bluff, and Helpy ended up hero calling him with like top pair or something. Right? I don't remember Second how pair, what king, king queen whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like. Once in a blue moon, maybe, maybe, but maybe they have a dynamic where Smith has bet this much as a bluff before, like most of his stack, but not all of it. So he's trying to like replicate that against was, Kaverman. Or was Kaverman the one Cena. drop big blind ante? That matters a lot for this, actually, because Smith is on the button here. I don't believe it was. Okay. If it was big blind ante, it would make a ton of sense to like always right. be preserving the three blind stack because that's going to be preserved for the entire orbit. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, but I don't think it was anyway, so it won't matter as much, right? Right. But but you know you can make a reasonable case that like if going all in and betting seven and a half million are the same, and you can preserve yourself. I know you didn't. I know you bet eight, but like yeah. you preserve like four blinds and, or zero blinds, and then you're gonna have and you're gonna be one off the button. You're gonna be in the cutoff in the next hand. Having those four blinds could be really useful, right? You know, I like guess you could still win the tournament. <laughs> so for the sake of balance, you have to do it when you have it too. Yes, if you're gonna do it, sometimes when you don't, yeah. you just have to do it when you have it too. So at the same point, like, I don't think from Kaverman's point of view, it should be any different, though. Like, are we really going to think like we know Dan Smith's going to be balanced here against yeah. us, right? In this spot. So it doesn't matter. What well, happens. although that theory was not as weak as I thought. It was not a bad theory. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it just, I, I feel like it's a little bit of cutesiness. Like that really kind of mm-hmm. feels like what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, how much does Kaverman has 20 more blinds than Smith has, right? Yeah. So Smith is going to leave him with like 23 blinds. Instead as opposed of, to 20. Yeah, what's the so difference? Like, it yeah. doesn't matter, yeah. Okay. I mean, if you're Dan Smith, you're just like, i just never getting called here, right? Unless he has Queen Jack, I'm just never getting called. Right. And somehow Queen 9, whatever. Like, it's just, what's he supposed to have? So maybe you think it doesn't really matter anyway, but you have to go for value just in case. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. So this is a, this is a very bad spot yes. for, for Captain Caverman now. Having made that questionable call on the flop has really hurt him at this point. Oh, man. Now what the hell? Like, what do I do here? What the hell be? Yeah, you, what the you-ha? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, shake a jack loose. So um, what does Kaverman think about while he tanks for 94 minutes? Well, it's so long that I imagine what he's doing is going over 
the the movie The Sixth Sense in his mind, like scene by scene, beat by beat, and trying. Oh, to think. is that when that that part where he got surprised partway through the tank was like what? <laughs> he was dead the whole time. <laughs> um, but he's thinking like, does it really? Does it really follow? Do all like the scenes really make sense from Bruce Willis being dead the whole time? Like, because. Like, it's weird, right? Because the mom is sitting there when the first time the kid comes in, Haley Joel Osment, and she's sitting there, and Bruce Willis is sitting across from her, and she, like, the kid is supposed to, like, talk to this therapist-type dude, but if he's dead, she doesn't know he's there, but she, where's the kid going whenever he's got these last sessions with him? It doesn't really make sense. So I think he's going over, like, those kinds of well, moments. Fucking M. Like, Night. It doesn't really fit. And why did the aliens and signs, like, they're allergic to water? The air is, like... 40% water. <laughs> well, you know, we're going to drown if we're in the ocean, but we live when we're in the air. Maybe it's like that. But we don't, we're not allergic to water. Well, they're not allergic either. They just burn when it touches them. Well, that's a kind of allergy. Like, <laughs> I mean, okay. like, if, if some people have allergies I can't argue to, with to grass. <laughs> no, that's like, a good point. Manifest as kind of a burn. No, that's fair. <laughs> so that's what, that's <laughs> what Cameron's thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so actual poker analysis now. Okay. Um, Here's what he's thinking about. All right. One. How many better hands do I have than this? That's, that's one of the questions he's asking. That's himself. a question that I have to believe the answer leans towards call because yeah. I don't think he has too many better hands as played. We have some two pair hands as we've, as we have, we mostly have queen are, jack. Mostly rivered two pairs, which yeah. almost we, always is queen jack, right? Like it's rarely ace queen and it's rarely queen nine. It could be queen nine. It's almost never ace queen. Um, it's queen jack for sure. Um, we, maybe we slow played some two pair stuff on the turn. Once in a while, we're going to slow play some two, Maybe, but mostly but it's not. It's like not very many combos. With, with Dan Smith being as short as he is, the board being wet and an ace coming, we're like check raising almost always yeah. with those two pair Yeah. Um, by, the, by the time the turn comes. So very few two pair. So we have almost no two pair combos. We have almost no sets. We don't really have a set of queens here. We have a better ace than we usually have because the, yes. ma- the majority of our aces that we're supposed to show up with are flush draws and you know, preflop we didn't raise, so the majority of our aces are below ace-10. I mean, if we think about it, like, we have almost no two-pair. We have no sets, I think. And of our one-pair hands, this is, I think, the best possible one-pair hand we can have. Unless we just call ace-king or ace-queen preflop sometimes or ace-jack. But as we say, well, oh, ace-jack okay, is top pair, two. One pair, yeah. And ace-queen is, t- uh, sorry, ace-jack, yeah. Ace King is the only one, and we almost yeah. certainly are three bet in that preflop with Dan right. Smith's thirty blind stack. Right, so we three bet to try and get it in. Yeah, and we so, have a, and we have a ton of of other one pair hands like like uh, we have Queen Ten in our range probably still some of the time. We, we have we have some jacks. Yeah, we may have spades in our range. Maybe um, we may have called the turn with spades. It's close. If we have anything else going on with those spades, for sure yeah. we did. Uh, we have jacks. We have worse. Oh, it's hard to come up with other aces. I guess we have nut flush draws. Yeah, like ace deuce through yeah. ace eight of spades. Yeah, we can have all those. Um, so just from distribution, th- as you said, this is a pretty clear call. Yeah. Okay. So that's one thing he's thinking about. Right. Another thing he's thinking about is, is Dan Smith bluffing here? Like, because... In this situation? Yeah. Like, we're too off the money of the one drop. He doesn't have to do this. Like, he doesn't have to put almost his entire stack in play. He could check back. He's still got almost 20 blinds. Well, let's like ask ourselves okay. this about that. Let's ask yeah. ourselves, is this a good time to bluff if you're Dan Smith? Good question. Yes. Yes, it is. It's a great time to bluff for all the reasons we just said, right? Yes, it is. Like, we have a range advantage also as Dan Smith. That's a, that's a, mm. a reason for it to be a good time to bluff. No doubt. We won't, won't be expected to bluff as often because of the money situation. 
Kaverman's probably holding on with the majority, if not all, of his jacks on the turn. So right. Dan's got to try to get him off of those hands. It's really hard to call with the jack on the yeah, run. Like if Dan has five high with this run out, or four high because there's five on the board, he's really got to go for it on this run out, I think. Because Kaverman has so many jacks that he's called the turn with that are going to have a lot of trouble hanging on the river. I mean, and also just weaken as, as Dan Smith, we can, this is the range advantage, but just to like get into the granular bits of that, we can have the nuts. We can have King 10. Yeah. He really can't. We can have top set. He really can't. We can have a set of queens. He really can't. We can have a set of jacks. He really can't. We can have ace queen. He pretty much can't. Yeah. Like, it's powerful. Like, the ma- like it's a massive range advantage. He probably doesn't have too many sets of nines even. He probably is right. going with that preflop. So. Yeah. Or raising it somewhere else, yeah. somewhere before we got here, raising it on the turn at the least. Right, right. So, like, but we can have sets of nines. Like, we, like, he doesn't have sets and we do. We have straights. We have sets. We have more two-pair combos. We have better two-pair combos. We just are crushing the range advantage pit. So, yes. He's got, so, it's a great time to bluff for that. Also, because we're two off the money in the freaking one drop. And guess what? Kaverman, were he to call and lose, would be crippled. Yeah. And would be in a lot of danger of not making the money. So, we can put ICM pressure on him. All here. of these factors that make it a good time for Dan Smith to bluff make it a good time for Byron Kaverman to fold, though. Because they're all true. Right? <laughs> Well, but like, then then the question becomes like, well, since we know Dan Smith is smart enough to see all of this, yeah, he may be more apt to bluff, and so then that may make it a good time not to fold. Right. Well, the thing that makes can, me want to fold yeah. is the range advantage being so severe. It is because that that does make it a good time to bluff, but it also means that the range advantage is severe, and that Dan Smith has so many strong hands. And even though we're near the top of our distribution as Caverman, our distribution looks like a fucking hole in the ground compared to Dan Smith's Eiffel Tower distribution of massiveness. It's true. You know? It's true. Um, let's remember that Dan Smith opened the button. He didn't open under the gun, right? Yeah. So while he can still have all the very, very strong hands, he starts with a much wider range. And so he he's going to show up with more bluffs by the river. He's going to have like, a, like if he was under the gun, I think we absolutely should fold the river. I agree 100%. Yeah. But, uh, but when he opens the button... I'm assuming Dan Smith is going to be relatively balanced with all his bets and stuff like that in this field at this time against us as Caverman. So that means he's going to be betting, if he's betting about 70% of the time or something like that on the flop, it means he's going to bet about 70% of the remaining time on the turn, which means he's going to be betting maybe not 70% of the time, but a fair amount on the river too. He's just going to have to have a fair amount of bluffs in there. And, the, and all the circumstances lead him to, would, want, would make him want to bluff more, right? Like, yeah. Dan Smith is going to be like, this is a slam dunk. I'm absolutely betting the river spot, right? Yeah. With, so, with all his misses. So what I wrestle with is Kaverman is, is yeah. those two things. Is, yeah. Distribution yeah. versus. Um, he actually does have a better hand than me a lot of the time. <laughs> right. No, yeah. we're going to lose a lot. Yeah. Now, how much money is in the pot? There's uh, after the bet, there's 19.75 million. So 8 million to call. To so win. we're getting almost two and a half to one. Yeah. So, so that's good. Um, if we call and we're right. We're really going to chip up pretty dramatically. I mean, whatever. Yeah. We had fifty, but no, we don't have fifty anymore, right? So we're down to like thirty blinds, or not even well, more than that. No, I guess we have like forty blinds, uh, at least. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even a little more, forty-two. Yeah. So we're still in perfectly good shape. Um, but this, yeah, this is a sixteen-blind bet, right? Sixteen and a half, something yeah. like that. Sixteen, sixteen, because yeah, eight million. Yeah. Um, so we call and we're right. We're going to now have like seventy-five blinds, and if we fold, we're going to have like forty. Two blinds or something, 40 blinds, whatever. Yeah, that doesn't compel me that much to call that difference. Yeah, I agree. It's nice to have 70 blinds. Yeah. It helps, but like 40 blinds is more than enough to win this tournament. It's a with. very well-structured tournament. You know? We're really, really good. Yeah. There still are some weak guys in the field. Rick Solomon's still in the field. Yeah. Like, it's fine, you know? Yeah. I think I want to fold because the range advantage is so pronounced. 
I think that's just enough for me. Even though I know Dan Smith has moves and he's supposed to bluff here. Yeah. He just actually has such a huge range advantage. This is so near the top of our distribution. I know. Man. That's the problem. That's really bo- it really bothers me to fold. Like, if we're folding this on the river, that means we're just being so exploited by this guy. We're getting destroyed on the river every single time by this guy. And it's possible Dan Smith bets every river, every time on the river on this run out in this spot against us. And we're always, so we're always just going to lose this hand automatically. Like, if that's true, then what are we doing? Like, how do we shouldn't have called the turn? Yeah, you know, but but that's crazy not to call the turn. In truth, we shouldn't have called the flop, right? Yeah, but calling the flop is really what, that's, what that screwed this whole thing. Up. Whole thing. But, but whatever. But we're here now, and there are going to be flops we're going to call in a similar spot, right? And then the turn is going to be an ace, and we're going to be in the same spot in the river anyway, right? Yeah. Um. So, I don't know, man. I don't think we're supposed to fold, like because if we're folding this, we just never call, and if we never call, these guys are going to eat us alive for the next five years. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm really worried about the best players in the world knowing that we fold here. It's on TV. They're all going to fucking see it, and they're going to eat us alive. Like, uh, well, is Tobias Rankenmeyer getting eaten alive for the past three years? I don't know. I haven't, he hasn't won anything yeah. as far as I know. I'm talking, of course, about his fold of aces Ugh. when he slow played them and then and folded them. Let's be clear. He started the hand with 15 blinds. Yeah. And all he did was call pre, call on the flop, check, fold the all-in on the turn from Scott Seaver yeah. for no goddamn reason that makes any real sense. Yep. God, that was awful. <laughs> he's made some amazing plays, though. Oh, he's a fantastic player. Yeah. But I think, like, the players, like, saw that and probably put a little more pressure on him now because they know they can. Yeah. You know? I guess that's, that's a good meta reason to call from Kaverman's perspective. I mean, when Kaverman calls here, even though he's wrong, he knows everyone sees that, and he knows, like, no one's going to try and be like, well, it's the million-dollar things We can push Byron around. No one's going to think that, right? Like, everyone's like, no, he's going to call when he's supposed to call, and that's that. Like... You can't you can't use bubbles against him. You can't use money pressure against him, and that may really help him down the road. If like everyone makes a little mental note yeah, of that, you know, that's that's true. That leans towards call distribution. Yeah. Leans towards call. What leans me towards fold is the range advantage thing. Yeah, and the fact that we need to be winning this from a pure chip EV perspective about thirty percent of the time to make it a profit. little less, but sure. I, I think well, two and a half to one is not accurate. So it's it's oh, about okay. it's about thirty percent. Okay, um, so. I think, I don't know that. I don't think we win 30% of the time here. I mean, you say two. I mean, there's 19.75 million in the pot. It costs us 8 million to call, right? It's basically two and a half. To oh, yeah, one. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. So it's like 27% of the time. It's, it's a little less than 30%, yeah. but whatever. It's the same idea. Um, it's hard to believe we're really, I don't know. If Dan's got a lot of bluffs in him, we're, we're definitely winning 30% of the time or more, right? Yeah, but what are his bluffs? I mean, it just has to be two low cards because a lot of his hands have showed on value. He's checking back. That's true. So I, th- I don't think we explored this point at all. That's but a really good point. Like, like king-queen is checking back. Yeah, his any jack that he decided to bet the turn for some reason is checking back. Wouldn't it be sick, by the way, if he had king-queen and bet for value trying to get value out of a jack? He would never do that no. for $8 million, But No, he wouldn't. Um, boy, that'd be so sick. Um, so what does he have to have? So the board is on the river, queen, ace, jack, nine, six. So he'd have to have like... Uh, yeah, two like connected ish cards that are small. There's no six. It's a five. Five. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So like seven, eight, six, seven, seven, eight, six, eight, eight. Oh, no, eight tens a straight. Three, uh, four. Ten, seven. There There's aren't that many. Three, four suited and maybe deuce three suited. Maybe maybe a bunch of other suited stuff that doesn't, you know, the king, king X suited. He, he, that. he might even fold three, four and deuce three suited. With 30 blinds here. Yeah, you know what he might. But he's opening like king eight suited for sure, right? Yeah. King eight suited he could show up with here. But he's going to check back with king eight suited. 
Why? No, he's not. I was thinking queen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah no, no. He's going to bet king eight suited for sure. He's going to yeah. triple barrel king eight suited. This is exactly the kind of yeah. hand. So the question is, does he have at least a hand like that 30% of the time? I don't or know. 20, 28% of the time or whatever. I don't know either. Uh, this is a, this is a hard decision. If if we're not willing to call with this hand, we're just they're just going to print money against us, though. Over time, they're going to they're going to absolutely destroy us. I think we just have to call. I think, I, I, but I agree. I think this you're probably right. But we're like losing so often. I know. No, it's one of those calls you hate to make. It's much better if it's a limit hold them because you can always justify it. You're getting like I'm getting thirty to one or yeah. twenty two to one or whatever. It's fine. Twelve to one, I call. Yeah, um, two and a half to one is not quite the same. No, 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 no. You're uh, you're going to lose so much of the time. You know, and the thing is, like, you this could really be the right call for all the reasons, and it could just be the seventy percent of the time you lose, and you don't ever. You're like, oh, I hope I hope that was correct, and you'll yeah. never really know. You know, unless you talk to Dan Smith and really got into it, and he tells you the truth about exactly what his range is there and what he's really going to triple barrel with there. You're never really going to know. No, right? you're not. Which sucks. Yeah. So calling. I'm okay with calling, but I'm not convinced that it's correct. That's fair. And that's what Kaverman does. He calls after yeah. tanking forever. And I don't know what he's supposed to do. I really don't. I think the distribution argument is too strong to fold. I, I, I just do. That's reasonable. But I hear you on your points, too, and I don't disagree. And by the way, if we think Dan Smith is at all money scared himself... I mean, everybody's a little money scared at a $2 million bubble, right? Maybe a little, but like, you know... Yeah. But like to any any degree that it's going to slow anything down, really, right? Yeah, like, right. like you can be money scared, but not have it affect your decisions. Right? Yeah, I think so. Um, so like probably these guys are good enough where it doesn't affect their decisions at this level. But if we feel like at all, Dan Smith is the kind of guy who's going to be like, all right, all right, all right. Like yeah. I don't want to like, I still have I still have seventeen blinds or something like that. Yeah. I'm not going to like just give it up right here. Um, sorry, I was making the checking motion. I know yeah. I could see it, but you Grant should realize that. Yeah, that's a good um, point. So he's check if he checks it back because like okay. Uh, then that's different, you know? But if we feel like he's got none of that in him and he's the kind of guy who's always going to push bubble edges and stuff like that as much as he possibly can, um, and this is a reasonable spot to be doing that for sure, especially this spot, then, I don't know, man, I just can't, you just, like, we're going to be in more million-dollar tournaments, yeah, you know, and everyone's going to know what we did in this tournament and they will remember and they will try and take advantage of it and now they can't. Because we call here. And by the way, this call is probably okay even without that information. But that makes it to me like just so compelling to call. Even though I don't I don't disagree with all your points. I completely agree with all yeah. your points. This is one of those things that's like so tough because it's against an elite player like Dan Smith. But mm. if you're against a, an idiot, then this is a pretty easy fold most of the time. Yes, absolutely. I think it's a super easy yeah. fold. Or it's a super easy call. You know, yeah. because they're like, oh, depending yeah, they're on crazy what type guy. of idiot yeah. they are. Is yeah. he a maniac or is he like never going to put chips in unless he's got it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Against, well, that's why the balance players are so tough. You don't this, know what to do. This really feels like one of the most marginal breakdowns we've ever done. Yeah. Where I'm like so unsure about the decision still. Yeah. And I'm sure Kaverman is too. It's cool because in the old days when we were unsure, part of it was like we were unsure why something happened. And now we get, well, we don't really get why I called them the flop. But like, no, that part I don't get. But we understand, we think, the, all the, all the think factors that go into play with this decision on the river, and it's just like, oh, man. It sucks. You should take a lot of time for yeah. once. Yeah. Like, me, stop I thinking mean, about Bruce Willis, man. I mean, a, a bro- <laughs> broken clock's right twice a day, and that's, so Kevin <laughs> was allowed to tank this long for this decision. Do you think he was just like, what was the name of that child actor again? It wasn't Macaulay Culkin, right? It was someone, hey, no. hey, hey, who was that kid? You know, something like that. No, he's more GTO. He's not thinking about that set type of stuff. He's he's thinking about the GTO aspects of it. For example, for example, at what point of death did Bruce Willis not realize he was dead? <laughs> 
Totally GTO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it hard to think of what GTO applied to the six. So sense. Bruce Willis doesn't remember getting shot, apparently. Doesn't remember any of that whole bit. I guess he's like repressed it so hard that he thinks he's alive. That's also sort of a weird spot, but okay. You know what? Fine. That movie's great. It's fine. All right, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.